Welcome everyone to the Night Food Holdings Incorporated Quarterly Investor Conference Call today, October 28th, 2020. The call will feature Sean Folkson, Night Food CEO. He will be providing opening statements as well as a Q&A section. Thank you for sending in your questions to the company and to myself. Before we get started though, let's talk about the forward-looking statements. This call may contain forward-looking statements as that term is defined in Section 27A of the United States Security Act of 1933 and Section 21E of the Securities Exchange Act of 1934. Statements in this call, which are not purely historical, are forward-looking statements and include any statements regarding beliefs, plans, expectations, or intentions regarding the future, including, but not limited to, any products sold, or cash flow from operations. Actual results could differ from those projected in any forward-looking statements due to numerous factors. Such factors include, among others, the inherent uncertainties associated with the distribution and difficulties associated with obtaining financing on acceptable terms. These forward-looking statements are made as of the date of this call, and we, the company, assume no obligation to update the forward-looking statements or to update the reasons why actual results could differ from those projected in the forward-looking statements. Although the company Night Food Holdings Incorporated believe that the belief, plans, expectations, and intentions contained in this call are reasonable, there can be no assurance that such beliefs, plans, expectations, or intentions will prove to be accurate. Investors should consult all of the information set forth herein and should also refer to the risk factors disclosure outlined in the company's most recent annual report for the company's last fiscal year their quarterly reports, and other periodic reports filed from time to time with the Security Exchange Commission. With that, let's welcome Night Food CEO, Sean Folkson. Sean, how are you today? Great, Stuart. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Great to have you back. Sean, the call is yours. Let's get your opening statements. Thank you. Well, I wanted to just say I'm excited to be here today. We're going to share some important updates with the investor community, and we're also going to answer some questions. And I think Many of the people on the call may already know that this is the time of year, the fall. It's the time of year when most retailers are reviewing their ice cream category for the coming year. And in the last uh, two or three months, we've had meetings with our existing major accounts, as well as prospective new accounts, and feedback uh, has been very positive on both fronts. We're expecting great new distribution partnerships that we'll be able to announce soon uh, as we continue to move through the setup process with certain retailers. And with our existing retailers, we're looking forward to continuing the growth and continuing our progress uh, as the year winds up and through 2021. Uh, in terms of distribution, we're at almost 800 stores now, uh, which is up significantly from this time last year when we were in about 190 stores. So tremendous growth in terms of distribution. We also just finished up our biggest quarter uh, to date which was uh, the quarter ended September 30th, and I expect 2021 to be a transformative year for us on many fronts. Uh, we announced recently, and I wanted to touch on, we're doing a, a refresh and a redesign of our product packaging. Uh, a lot of people have asked about that, that the work has been completed. Final artwork is now being uh, prepared for the packaging manufacturer, and we should be running pints in the new packaging by late December or early January. And 
We've shown that new packaging to our existing category managers as well as potential new category managers. It's been very well received. They're excited to see it on the shelf. We will release it publicly when it's time. The key differences that we've touched on, it's a, it's a much older look with a more direct communication of the primary consumer benefit, which is better sleep. We've seen other snack brands like uh, Halo Top Ice Cream and RX Bar have tremendous success with their second iteration of the packaging. You know, after being in the marketplace for a year or two, learning more about the consumer and then zeroing in on what matters most, that proper messaging can create so much additional leverage on shelf. We've also seen interest in the space from Pepsi and other multinationals, which confirms to me that they see the market as being ready for this idea of better sleep through nutrition and better nighttime snacking. We know the space is being paid attention to by the multinationals. You know, I think we're being watched and being studied, and we know that these global food and beverage players, based on their public statements, they see nighttime snacking as an opportunity for growth and a way to serve a large group of consumers looking for better options. You know, with COVID, reports are that snacking is at an all-time high, and that just raises the stakes for all of the major players, those that are currently uh, dominating the snacking space and those that are also playing in the space and, and maybe are looking for a way to make a significant move. I know where the stock is right now. I don't let the share price on any given day impact my long-term view on the value of what we're building here as a company and as a brand, right? Nighttime nutrition, nutrition for better sleep, better nighttime snacking. It is coming. We are the brand. We are the company that's breaking the category. And if I'm right and if we succeed, we can create great value for our shareholders. And with every store we add and every pint we sell and every new customer we win over, we're moving closer and closer to that goal. So against that background, Stuart, let's get right to the question. Very good, Sean. The first question is from Harry asking, if we have sales estimates for the coming year and how many New York stores are selling the ice cream now? So uh, I want to let Harry know we do have internal models, but they are not being shared publicly at this time. As a young company, what we've seen in the past is there are many major unknowns that can greatly impact numbers as we grow. And so we're going to keep pushing forward and not make financial projections or provide uh, any guidance to the public at this early stage because there is so much variability. And on the second part of the question, in New York, we're currently in about 20 stores. Uh, there's new ones trickling online. You know, every week we get a report. And we are evaluating ways to accelerate that uptake in New York City through our distribution with Associated Supermarket Group. They have over 200 stores. Most of the concentration is in and around the New York metro area, and we're approved in all of their stores. But it is a two-step process. Once we're approved at headquarters, the decision then goes to local management. And so we've got dozens, but, but I believe probably based on what I've heard from the brokers, over 100 individual decision makers that then need to uh, make the decision to put night food in. So while we're in distribution with the chain, we're not in uh, still yet the majority of the stores, and which is different. You know, with chains like Harris Teeter and you know, Kroger, uh, these decisions are centralized. Somebody at headquarters makes the decision, and then they dictate out to the stores what's going to go on the shelf. But with Associated and other similar groups of independently owned and operated supermarkets that aggregate together for purposes of um, buying power and, and other operational efficiencies, there's often a two-step selling process, and it will naturally take uh, more time. Very good. Okay. Lauren asked, 
when will there be product in Northwest New Jersey and will you be advertising on Facebook or TV? She also mentioned she'd love to see our product being noticed. Yeah, thanks, Lauren. So we're hoping to be available near you soon. Uh, we know and are expecting to be adding new regions to our distribution footprint and expanding that geographic footprint, but we're not sure yet if northern New Jersey is going to be a part of that. Uh, as soon as we can, we will share that info. And, and then in terms of advertising and promotion, we're always evaluating options. We're always testing things to see what makes the most sense for us and is going to generate the strongest return. I think social media certainly will continue to play a role in that, influencer marketing, paid ads, things like that. Uh, and as we grow to expand and you know, more and more people will start to notice us and whichever strategies it is uh, to make that happen. Okay, thanks, Sean. Here's the next question. Eric asked, when was the last production run and have any of our existing chains reordered yet to give us an idea of how things are selling and how many new stores are likely in January? Yeah, well, we receive uh, orders from our accounts on a regular basis. Product is, is shipping out, you know, all the time. Uh, we also produce new product on a fairly regular basis as well. Last quarter, we did uh, three production runs. Product velocities we know are growing. That's seen in the order volume. It's also been confirmed in meetings uh, with some of our buyers and brokers. Regarding the second question, how many new stores in January and I guess early 2021? It is, it is too early to know how many additional stores we'll be bringing online, but we will share that info as soon as we can. All right, very good. Jim wanted to get a handle on the sales velocity and if the company was selling enough product to keep its shelf space. He also asked about marketing plans to increase same-store sales. Yeah, thanks for that, Jim. So, yes, we are selling enough to keep our shelf space. Feedback from our category review meetings with the buyers was very positive. Uh, we know it was a tricky year to launch with COVID and you know, we confidently expect to be back in our major accounts for 2021. And the focus is on strong continued growth for the next 12 months. And, and from a marketing standpoint, you know, we will be running, we've, we've already planned out some of our marketing and, and in-store promotional activity uh, with some of these retailers for 2021. And we'll be more actively running some of their traditional programs, which allow us to promote to people that are already shopping at those stores you know, through the supermarket loyalty programs and other in-store and supermarket uh, tactics. And I think, you know, a shift in the messaging to better sleep uh, in our promotions, which will match the upcoming evolution that I mentioned in the packaging, that coupled with social media campaigns, platforms like Ibotta, we expect all of these things to work together uh, to increase same-store sales. And then, of course, on the pregnancy side, continuing to grow our footprint there, working with the baby registry services, you know, retailer baby registries, baby boxes, doulas, OBGYNs, just other local service providers, you know, in the areas where we have distribution to entrench us in that space and in that community. And, and there's also some very interesting cross-promotional opportunities uh, that we're working on, which look like uh, hopefully we'll be able to announce some of those very soon as well. All right, very good. Sean, David asked about the addition of Jennifer Mitchell to the team. What has she been doing operationally? And is her experience working with national chains helpful? Oh, absolutely. It's been great having Jenny on the team. I think her years being the CEO of a, of a company, you know, much larger than where we're currently at. You know, they sold millions to all the major chains in the country. It's just a huge benefit 
The timing of her coming on board when she did could not have really been any better. Right? She joined the team just as the review season was getting underway. And I think retailers take comfort in knowing that she has all that experience. And so as a company, we're not at all new to working with the largest retailers in the country. And, um, you know, that's a great, great thing to be able to have on the team. And operationally, she's overseeing our sales efforts and broker network, um, account management, marketing initiatives, strategic partnerships, um, implementing systems and controls, and really just everything that's going to turn us from a product into a company. Uh, you know, we're anticipating uh, partnerships, uh, you know, upcoming that could change the scope of our operations. And it's just great to have an experienced CEO that's been there and done that for years, you know, to have her on the team, uh, you know, pulling in the same direction. Well, thanks, Sean. That's the last question for today. Would you like to offer up any wrap-up thoughts? Yeah, thanks. So I'm going to echo something that I say on just about every investor call. And it's something that I'm sure anytime I've spoken to an investor or traded emails, that I try to remind them because it's something that I try to remind myself and I have to remember to remind myself, uh, you know, frequently. And I think the other uh, shareholders might appreciate this. So operationally, distribution, sales, we're definitely at a stronger place now than ever before and growing. And still, I have to remind myself not to lose sight of the big picture, which is, again, the category's coming. I've been saying for years that it's inevitable. And, and now I think we're on the doorstep it's possible we were a little bit early, but I think you know the time is now. The multinationals are confirming with their words and their actions. The number of stores, the number of pints, our gross sales, the, you know the operating um, expenses, the net revenues. We're working hard daily to grow and optimize all of those things. But then when I zoom out a little bit, right? Because we're not just an ice cream company, we're also a snack company, and we're growing the category. And I think about the statistics: how many people are snacking at night? How many people want better sleep? How many people want to make better nutritional choices? Think about the biology, right? Why are so many people snacking at night? Why are we making our least healthy choices? And how do those things impact our sleep? And then I think about the financial stakes, right? What is it? What would it be worth to be the company that pioneers, you know, this category with, with the potential and the upside? And, and we've got over 200 million Americans snacking regularly at night. The most popular choices are cookies, chips, candy, and ice cream. And almost all the people eating that stuff, almost all of them would like to be sleeping better. So what does it look like if we get this right? What's it worth to have the leading brand in a category with this kind of ceiling? And I think in the coming weeks, we're expecting, hopefully, announcements that will confirm to everybody that not only we're on the right track, and not only are we moving in the right direction, but we're moving in the right direction while we're accelerating. And the category's coming, and we're just very excited about uh, about you know, the, the rest of 2020 and, and what 2021 is going to bring forth. Well, you've been listening to the Night Food Holdings Incorporated quarterly investor call for here, October 28th, 2020. We've been speaking with Sean Folkson, Night Food CEO. Sean, thanks for your time today. Thank you so much, Stuart. All right, for Sean Folkson, CEO of Night Food, I'm Stuart Smith of smallcapvoice.com saying thanks so much for listening.